0: Hi there and welcome to the Simply Living For Him podcast. I'm Karen Debuse from Simply Living For Him. I'm glad that you are listening in once again to another episode of the Simply Living For Him podcast. Today is a little bit of a free for all with um the topic. I've been praying about this podcast for several days now. Sort of just, you know, if anybody knows me, I'm just about letting God lead everything I do and generally that's the method I have for writing. I don't really, I know like bloggers schedule out like a calendar of what they're going to write about when. I really don't. I really um, write when I feel something on my heart or when I've been, you know, wrestling with God with something and then I start writing about it. There's really no method to my madness. (laughs) Same thing with the podcast. You know, each week I try to get one recorded and usually I'll have a topic in mind and I'll pray about it and I'll thinking on it and this week I was sort of drawing a blank so I don't know if that means that I should just keep my mouth shut (laughs) or if I should just go ahead and um, talk anyway but this morning I'm actually cuddled up in my blanket it's a chilly morning My family's at church and I'm home with one of my sons who wasn't feeling well. So I thought, you know, this is a good opportunity. The house is quiet, which is rare, to just sit down and try to get this recorded and we'll see what God does. But anyway, a whole bunch of topics have been running through my mind and I really couldn't settle on one. And I was sitting in my office and I picked up my latest copy of my latest book, Real Homeschool, Letting Go of the Pinterest Perfect and Instagram Ideal Homeschool. And, you know, this book was really near and dear to my heart when I was writing it, and I don't know, as the book has been out there now several months, sometimes I'm like, oh, and this happens with all my books, oh, I should have said this, or I should have said that, or I look through it, and it's hard for me to even read it, because I'm like, hmm, that's not exactly what I should have said. You know, it's really hard. You want to sort of keep editing forever, and it really has to just be done. So anyway, I don't usually pick up my books and look at them, but... (laughs) (laughs) I did, I was looking through Real Homeschool and um, I was looking at the end and at the end of the book I have 20 ways to keep it real right now and I thought, you know, that's something good I could talk about, I can just kind of um, talk to you today about keeping it real and that's really what I am all about. It's so difficult to um, work in social media and be on the internet daily because I get really tired sometimes. I get really, really tired of all the different voices and all the noise and everybody's trying to have a voice. And, you know, um, I can see that it's a really difficult place to be for many people, especially if you're not feeling so solid in your own life and you're questioning your own things. And then you start reading about what everybody else is doing and everybody has an opinion and everybody has a voice. And, It can just get noisy and it clutters up my mind. Um, So a lot of times I scroll through stuff. I don't really stop and read um, because I know my limits. I know that my mind just gets way too cluttered up. Um, And, you know, you just start going to bad places in your mind because you don't really even know half the people that you're reading about. And all of a sudden you're kind of judging or you're kind of, you've got these, these, you know, preconceived notions now of this person just based on a status you saw or a picture. And I don't want my mind to go there. I want my mind to be filled with real things, with real people. Um, I do enjoy social media for obviously, you know, I work in it. So I'm using it every day to get my articles out there or my blog posts or my podcasts or, you know, to promote any speaking that I'm doing. And so I enjoy it for those reasons, but I also totally see the other side of it. And, um, you know, it's just a difficult thing to work through. So I really think it's so important, especially in these days where it can feel very unreal sometimes looking at the Internet. Um, And, you know, the Internet isn't going away, so we just need to learn to deal with it. It's not something that we need to say, well, no more Internet. I can't be on the Internet anymore. I can't. You know, these are issues that we have to deal with. This is the world we live in. We can't just avoid it and we can use it for good because there certainly are good things that come out of connecting through the online world. And we can use it, obviously, to spread the gospel message. We can use it to connect with others. Um, But I think we need to be very cautious about how we use it. And like I said, um, you know, we need to manage our own self-control. If you have an issue with being on the Internet too much, that's really an issue of self-control. It's not necessarily the Internet that's the problem. It's our own self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. So it's very important that we are able to, um, have that self-control. And, you know, if we are not, then we need to be praying more and in our Bible more and asking God to help us with that. So I approach social media in a way that I really just want to be real. I don't want to be fake. I don't want to be ever skewing my words to get more readers that is the last thing I want to do Um, you know there's people out there that numbers matter because this is their livelihood and this is their uh, way of supporting their family so numbers matter for their blogs they want to make sure they have the most amount of people visiting and all that and of course That's important, but I truly, for me, I just need to know that I'm honoring God in every single word I write and in every single post I post and always checking my heart behind all of it Um, because I believe that we need to foster a community of real moms, and because I'm in the homeschool community, I feel it's so important that we are real homeschool moms, and that's why I wrote my latest book about letting go of the internet ideal Um, because it is very easy nowadays to look at the Internet and think that's where our standards come from. And we're kind of forgetting that God has already laid out the standards that we should be living up to right there in his word. And we should not be looking at what everybody else is doing to compare, to see if we are, you know, living up to some expectation. But we should be living up to God's expectation, and that is found in his word. So his word goes before what anyone else Ever says at any time um, and being real there's another part of that as well uh, not just about living up to standards but about the way we interact with each other whether it's online or in actual real life you know that we need to truly be real with each other because otherwise we're just having these fake relationships based on fake, you know, information from each other. And that is not God honoring. And that's not what God wants for us. So in my book, um, at the end of my book, I had written 20 ways to keep it real right now. And I thought it would be kind of a fun podcast to just talk about, you know, ways to keep it real. And, you know, another thing is being real does not mean we have a pity party, and we're wallowing with each other. And we're having a complain fest. Somebody recently wrote on my um, Facebook page, and I was glad they brought it up so that I could kind of clear this up, but they said, you know, that um, me promoting, you know, messy or real or whatever isn't um, a good thing because it's allowing people to just be messy or something like that, and I was like, no, 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 that's not at all what it's about. Being real and talking about our messes, because I'm pretty sure we all have them, even if we try to pretend we don't, (laughs) Um, whether it's physically messy or, you know, sometimes just we're emotionally messy or spiritually messy or whatever it is. Um, We all have moments where things are just messy and I am never saying that is okay. And, you know, oh, my house is a mess. Yes, I'm so glad about that. Never. I'm never saying it is okay to be messy. I'm saying it is okay to admit it, but the reason we admit it is so that others can join us in helping us to get out of that mess and helping us move towards holiness. We are to be uniting with each other and spurring each other on and um, lifting each other up and never wallowing in our messes together that is not what it is about so if you've gotten that impression from the book or the Facebook page or me I need to clear that up it is never about wallowing in the messes but about lifting each other up to get out of them the problem is where people that don't admit to them at all and want it sound like they're perfect and we know that none of us are perfect we all need help at some point so I just wanted to clear that part up so when we are being real with each other we are not saying oh life is messy and we are messy and that's okay never okay so anyway one of the ways I said in my book to keep it real is you know just invite somebody over for coffee another homeschool mom maybe spontaneously And guess what? Don't clean up. Just leave your house the way it is. It's okay. Do you have dishes in the sink? It's okay if you leave them there. Because, you know, people go over each other's houses and if they're super-duper perfect, they think, oh, this must be the way it is all the time. Why doesn't my house look like that all the time? We all clean up for company, right? And that's okay because we want to respect our company and, and, you know, clean your bathroom before the company. I'm not saying don't clean your bathroom. (laughs) What I'm saying is, you know, we don't want to put on the notion that, oh, my house always looks like this. Sometimes I really enjoy going to somebody's house and I walk in and it's sort of chaotic because I'm like, oh, good, I'm not alone. So, you know, it's okay. I I think if you want to have a friend over and you're using the excuse in your head, well, I can't invite anybody over because the house is a mess right now then that's putting the, um, you know, the physical stuff or the persona that you want to give out that your house is perfect over the relationship or the fellowship you could have that afternoon with a friend. So never be afraid to invite somebody over just because your house isn't as tidy as you would like, or it's not as perfect as you would like. Because truth is, if we're homeschool moms, we're living in our houses all day, we all know that there's going to be stuff out on the table. There's going to be stuff out on the counters. And you know what? I'm guilty of this as well because I'm the first one to be like, oh, the house is a mess. I'm just not going to invite anyone over. And so I'm always convicting myself whenever I write. It's not because I think I know it all. It's because I'm right there in it with you. <laughs> so when I say that, I'm totally talking to myself as well. Getting past the idea that, you know, we put a house over an opportunity to spend time with a friend. Um you know, if we let people in and we say, hey, you know, look, it's we're having a bad day. Things are out of place. That's okay. Um, we don't want to try to impress others, you know, because I came to this point one time a long time ago and I thought to myself, I'm always trying to make my house look just so when people come over. And that is so prideful, number one, because it's like, hmm, look at me. My house is so nice. Whatever. It's nothing to do with you. It's a house. And on the other hand, what do I really want to do? Make that person feel badly? Like, you know, oh, look at my house. It's so neat all the time. I'm sorry if yours isn't. Oh, gross. That's horrible. That's prideful. No, I don't want that. So don't try to impress anybody. I, you know, we've moved. So I've talked about this a lot on my blog and I love my house nowadays. I'm thrilled with where we moved to, but it has nothing to do with impressing anybody. We enjoy our home for the joy that it brings us, but I am done with the days of trying to make perfect decorations or, you know, um, make it look just so. Now, you may want to do those things because you enjoy a neat house, and I do. I enjoy a clutter-free house. So, nine times out of ten these days, you are going to come to my house and see that it's pretty clutter-free because we moved and we got rid of a lot of things, and I like to keep it that way. But... It's a heart issue now. It's because I enjoy it this way and at no way am I trying to impress other people or um you know put the house on a pedestal over relationships with people. Um and sorry for that dinging noise. My husband's email keeps going off and <laughs> I don't know how to turn it off. Um anyway, so there we go. Keeping it real. <laughs> So, anyway, fight the urge to make everything perfect when you have people over. It's okay to spontaneously, because those are usually the best way, uh, the best fellowship time, spontaneously invite somebody over if things aren't perfect and just enjoy the time together without caring. You know, one eye on, oh, the coffee table's dusty. Who cares? Just enjoy your time together. Another really cool thing to do to keep it real with each other. This is probably one of my number one things would be to start a mom's prayer group. And since this book and who I write to is generally focused on homeschooling moms, you know, you can even just make it a homeschooling mom prayer group, but it is a wonderful thing when women get together to pray. Um, I've, uh, several years ago, I would get together with two very good friends, and we would—we were homeschooling moms, both, all three of us—and we would, the um, kids would play at the park, and we would sit in this little gazebo at the park, and while the kids all played, we would pray, and. That time was just so precious in our lives back then. And, um, you know, it was a weekly thing and we would get together. We'd pray over our kids together. We'd pray over each other together, whatever was going on in our lives, pray over our homeschools. And there is nothing better than women like that getting together and spending that time, you know, on focused prayer, you know, because women can get together for coffee anytime and chit chat all day long, hours and hours go by, right? And you're just chatting and chatting and chatting and chatting. But there's something about getting together intentionally to pray together, you know, not to chit chat, but to pray and to really focus on that. It's a beautiful thing. And I think it's a necessary thing, um, to really, um, Be with other women and unite in prayer because you know what we are homeschooling moms and we need to band together, not be against each other. So um, get together with a group of moms, make it a weekly thing or every other week, and stick to it. You know, because you know what happens? It's like the the hour before prayer time and things all of a sudden start to get busy or you feel like oh we shouldn't do that, we should do other things. That's Satan. Just say, no, we need to get together no matter what and put it on the calendar. We make appointments for so many things. Why not make an appointment for prayer? And um, this summer, I had it on my heart, really, that I wanted to start a mom's prayer group again at my home. I had no idea really what was going to happen with this prayer group, and I sort of just started putting it out there. And first, I just put it out there to my friends, you know, my pretty... My close circle of friends. And then I just started putting it on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, which, you know, most of us have friends from all over the place on our Facebook page. I have friends from high school that I haven't seen in 20 years. I have friends from, you know, all different areas of my life, um, besides just my usual circle of friends. And God Surely showed up this summer. Oh my word. So here I'm saying, okay, God, I have this idea that I should probably start a weekly prayer group at my home. And I honestly thought it was sort of going to be like my little inner circle of homeschool mom friends and they were going to come over and we were just going to pray together. Oh my word. Not one of my friends that I generally normally get together with ended up coming, but people from all different areas of my life came over and it was bizarre. Like the first week, I had three different women, you know, and it was because I posted it on Facebook, just like, hey, I'm having an open prayer group on this Wednesday, come on over. Three different women from three totally different areas of my life that I would never have probably gotten together with at one time like that, ever, because they were just from such different areas of my life. So none of them knew each other. I hadn't even seen two of them in a while, and we got together And we were all united for that one purpose, and that was prayer. All united at the foot of the cross. It didn't matter who came from what part of my life. It didn't matter that they didn't know each other. They were all united in Christ and in prayer. And it was so beautiful. And the beautiful thing is what happened when we all started opening up with each other. They realized each one of them had a connection in some way. They had three strangers they had never met before, but each one of them had a connection. And it was so obvious as to why God brought those three women together that day. So each week during the summer, I continued to do this prayer group. And each week, God brought different people from all different areas. It was crazy, it was not at all what I expected and it was a beautiful thing and i'm telling you there is nothing better than getting together with women to pray with each other and for each other and um you know school started and i stopped doing the prayer thing and it's still on the back of my mind like all right karen you've got to you've got to get back to doing it somehow but everybody's schedules got crazy so um i'm definitely going to keep doing it somehow and again, there were certain days where I was like, "Ah, you know, do I really want to do this today? And I'm telling you that Satan, because he knows how good it's going to be. And you just got to push through that. You just got to say, no, it may not be comfortable today, it may not feel like having company today. Well, too bad, because getting together with women in prayer trumps how the house looks like, trumps how you look like, you know, sometimes they, oh, I don't feel like doing my hair. <laughs> So what? Stick it in a ponytail and have your friends over and pray. Um, It's so much more important. So I would really, really um, encourage you, if you want to be developing relationships with others that are true and real and authentic, get together and pray together. Um, and another way to keep it real and everybody who knows me from my writing or my speaking or in real life knows what I'm going to say, commit to reading God's word each and every morning before anything else. It is so hard for me to wake up in the morning sometimes and not um, automatically like want to check my email or look at my texts or whatever, but I made it a rule in my life and, I stick with it, that nothing goes before my eyes until I have read God's word first. Even if my eyes are half opened and I'm still half asleep and the coffee hasn't kicked in, God's word has to be the first thing I read each morning. It just has to be. And that starts your mindset to focus on him. And that helps you to then keep it real during the day. Because we're living up to God's standards. We're not living up to internet ideals. We are not living up to what the world out there says is how we should be living. We should be living how God says we should be living. So when we immediately begin our day with him, it just starts the whole focus of your day um, in the right way, in the right way that it should be. I'm just going to look at a couple more of these. I'm holding my book right now and reading some of these um, 20 ways to keep it real. Um, oh, here's a good one. <laughs> Let's just go through a few more. Post a picture online without staging it just so. Now, honestly, this isn't even for those out there looking at the picture. This is to keep your heart right. Take a picture if you want, and you want to post it up and don't edit it don't try to make it look just right don't try to say oops somebody wasn't you know looking right smiling right I wasn't looking right uh the background might have been messy oh no their kitchen had dishes out just let's not be prideful let's just keep it real hey this is me this is what it is now not to say you take a picture and you really don't like how you look you don't have to put it up I'm just saying, take a picture and don't stage it. Let's not be prideful. Let's keep it real. The more real we are, the more real others will be because they won't feel like they need to compare. And, you know, let's just start trying to really be authentic. Don't worry about, um, you know, what are people going to think of me because of a silly picture online. If you want to take a picture, take a picture, but try not to make it just so. Um, Here's a good one. When tempted to wallow in self-pity because your homeschool doesn't look like another's, remind yourself it is not supposed to look like anyone else's. If you have trouble with the comparison trap, so many people do nowadays, don't even bother looking at all those pictures online of other people's school rooms or other people, you know, how they're doing homeschool. Because that has nothing to do with you. Right. God has a unique purpose for each one of our families, and we don't want to try to recreate someone else's family and what they're doing in our home it's exciting to see what God is going to do in your family what purpose does he want to unveil for your family how is he going to work in your family that is so much more exciting than trying to produce a boring replica of somebody else's family you know you might see a picture online of a family all I don't know hiking together well why doesn't our family go hiking together let's go hiking together and then you try to make everybody go hiking together but your little one doesn't like hiking hey you don't even like hiking but yet you want it to look fun like that other family so you You get everybody going, you dress everybody up, you go out to go hiking, you get there, the little one's complaining, you're deep down not really enjoying it. And you're thinking, well, why doesn't our family look like that other family? Because they're not supposed to. Maybe your family's not supposed to enjoy hiking. (laughs) So go find what your family is supposed to enjoy, what your family was made to do together, what your family's homeschool should look like. It is going to be completely different from someone else's, and that is beautiful, and that is exciting. So don't look at pictures online and try to compare to somebody else, and that comes down to curriculum or anything, even with the academics. Do not compare what somebody else's fourth grader is doing and your fourth grader is doing because your fourth grader may be way ahead or way behind. Don't compare to what somebody else is doing. Stick to God's purpose and plan for your family. Ooh, 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 I love this one. I have this on my list here. Keep a gratitude journal. This will definitely help keep things real because it really helps keep you focused on um, the things that you are grateful for because so often we can get really discouraged and um, I know my my own uh, journals have been just immensely uh, priceless to me um, to look back at them. But so often we can get discouraged and we can feel like, you know, the day isn't going well and, um, you know, the homeschool didn't go well. And it's one of those times where we want to really start wallowing and having that pity party. But if you keep a journal and you you write down um, intentionally things that you're grateful for then you can go back and remind yourself and you can see all the blessings you really have, because I'm sure they're going to be far more than you probably realize in that moment when you're wallowing. I told a story at the um, one of the conventions I spoke at last year, and I brought my journal with me. And this is, Just such a beautiful picture of why I think keeping a journal is so important. Number one, like I said, it helps you in the moment to keep your perspective and it helps you to sort of focus on what you're grateful for and, um, you know, keeping track of your thoughts. But your future self will thank you for keeping a journal because I had kept a journal the very first year I was homeschooling. And if anybody has heard my story, they know that it was a difficult uh, first year, I was really struggling with the whole decision to homeschool, and my family was not happy with me and my decision. Um, and I had kept a journal. So last year, we were moving, and I found the journal when I was packing up, and I started reading through it, and I was blown away. I didn't even recognize the person in that journal who wrote those words. I have changed so much. And i it hasn't been me that changed. God has changed me so much through this journey. And to read the words that I wrote 10 years ago and to see how scared I was, the whole journal was filled with fear. And to see that God has erased those fears and has replaced those with confidence that he has given me has just been truly amazing. But the truly amazing thing was I had that journal in one of my sessions Um, At a convention and I was planning on reading a portion of it to sort of show, look where I was my first year of homeschooling and look how God has worked. And I got to read that journal with my parents sitting in the audience who were pretty much very against me when I first started homeschooling. And to read the words I wrote saying, my mom and dad, you know, they're going to be mad at me and they're upset and I don't want to ruin our relationship. And to look out at the audience and to see them sitting there as I was reading the words I wrote 10 years ago, it was like everything had come full circle. They were there now supporting me and were happy about our homeschool decision. It was just crazy. So journals are so important because it's like a testimony, a written testimony of what God has done. It really helps you keep focused on Him and not on what the world is telling you how to be or what to be. It keeps your relationship with him in focus. So I would encourage you to start a journal. Another thing I would encourage you to do that I have on my list here is to have an accountability partner or an accountability group, a few girlfriends that you can count on. There goes that email again. (laughs) A few girlfriends that you can count on to really hold you accountable. I mean, I know None of us like this part. None of us want to be called out on something that we're doing, but we need it. If we want true biblical relationships, if we want to grow in our walk with the Lord, we have to be willing to be held accountable. We have to be willing to take, um, you know, the truth sometimes when it hurts and have a friend say, you know what, what you did back there was wrong or what you're doing is not in line with God's word. It stings when you're getting it, but you need to have those types of relationships because sometimes we just don't see it. And and you know, God wants us to be held accountable, so we need godly people in our lives to do that for us, and we need to be able to say to others truth in love, not because we want to sort of call someone out for the mere fact of calling them out and saying, "Ha, huh, look what you're doing, it's wrong." Never. We want to be able to speak the truth and love to someone else as well, and be able to say, "Hey, you know what? I think you might be going down the wrong path with this, but let's you know work together, let's pray about it together and those kind of relationships you don't see that kind of relationship out there in the world, right out there in the world, everybody's like, "Ha ha, caught you doing wrong, but in a Christian relationship and in a biblical relationship friendship wise you are able to speak the truth in love and to receive the truth in love because you truly care about the other person and their well-being and that they're right with God. And you truly care about that, not because you want to point it out and make yourself feel better, like, ha ha, I pointed out something someone's doing wrong. Because that's the kind of sick worldly way. We make ourselves feel better by pointing out everyone else's flaws. But with real authentic relationships and real moms, we really truly care about the other person's well-being, we care about their walk with God, and we care about them. So it's um, a two-way street where we are able to speak the truth in love and to receive the truth in love. Um, so that's really important. If you are able to have somebody that holds you accountable and you can say to that person, you know what? I'm really struggling with being on the internet too much. I'm just, I'm constantly wasting my time on there. So when that friend signs on to Facebook and they see that you're on there or they see you posting away and they come to you and say, you know what? You told me that you were struggling with that. And I see that yesterday you were, you were on there quite a bit, um, when that person comes and says that to you, you can step back and say, you know what? I asked them to hold me accountable and they're doing it out of love and never taking it as, you know, criticism. You, you really have to be mature in this aspect to be able to receive and to, um, give the truth in love, but really take that, um, kind of relationship and, uh, and foster it, have friends that can hold you accountable and that you can hold accountable because truth is if you're struggling with something, um, and no matter what it is, it could be anything. People were struggling with so many things these days. Um, You know, you're struggling with something in your homeschool, you're struggling with your temper. That one could be mine. I can struggle with, you know, just nitpicking or jumping on the kids for, you know, letting my mood dictate the day. And that's not a good way to be. And saying, you know what, I lost it again this morning was so silly and i got out of control and i snapped at my children can you just pray with me about this if you stopped and did that in the middle of the day could you imagine how much more you would be able to overcome that than if you just kept saying to yourself i'm gonna fix this i'm gonna fix this oh i snapped again and then you get mad at yourself and and you can't always fix it on your own first of all we need the holy spirit to be the ones doing the fixing so we pray with other people and we bring that um, that spirit together and we say, Lord, we're asking you for, you know, whatever our friend's name is to help them. Karen, let's use me as an example. <laughs> we want Karen to stop, you know, snapping at her children during homeschool. Um, and two moms that I could be able to call on during the day and say, could you pray with me right now? What a beautiful relationship. What a beautiful way to um, walk with others. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, another way to to just, you know, be real nowadays, stop posting every single picture of everything you do, right? Um, resist the urge. I mean, like I said, I work in social media, so I like to share, you know, glimpses of our day. I like to share glimpses of our day with family members who I don't see every day, you know. Uh, We have our chickens, and we have our uh, little hobby farm now that we live on. And so there's times where I want to take pictures of the kids with the chickens and share them with Grammy and all that, and that's fun. And um, it's okay, you know, but we have to really look at the heart. Do I really need to tell everybody every time I eat something, go shopping, have a Starbucks? Um, Do I really need to tell everybody every time... We're doing, you know, our school, we're doing this, we're doing that. No. Sometimes there's just memories that just need to be memories between you and your family. Everything doesn't always have to be shared. But I'm not saying, don't say Karen Abuse says we shouldn't share anything because I'm not. I like to share stuff too. What I'm saying is just measure how often you're doing it. And um, if it's getting a little bit too much, if it's becoming more of a pride thing, Um, then we need to kind of reevaluate and say, you know what, I just want to be with my family today. I don't need the whole world to know that we're out, you know, hiking. I just want to be with my family. So look at that and, um, you know, keep yourself accountable again. Or have somebody else hold you accountable. Let's see. Oh, here's a really good one. Okay, this is a great one for me. Resist the urge to say yes to every extracurricular activity out there. Ooh, homeschool moms love to fill up their calendars. I am like the anti, I guess, normal when it comes to this because I like a clear calendar. I don't feel like we have to be out every single day. I really literally break down when we have too much uh, going on. So you know me, I'm simple and I don't like clutter. So a cluttered calendar stresses me out as well. Um, But you know, we want our kids to be well-rounded, and especially as homeschool moms, I think we fall into the trap of feeling like the more we do, the more we will look successful because we have a lot of eyes watching us because we're those crazy homeschoolers over there that are unsocialized. So we need to be very busy, and we need to make sure we're socialized. So that means every single day, we have to be out and doing things, Um But that just adds a lot of stress for some people. For some people, they thrive on that. So if that's you, I'm not talking to you. Then you thrive on it, that's great. But if you are the type that gets super stressed and then it holds you in turn to snapping at the kids and then you feel like you're not living up to everybody else, you need to take a step back and say, do I really need... To be doing all these things or am I just trying to look busy or look successful Um, or am I only just being busy for the sake of being busy or are all these things really beneficial because then you know you need to find a way to make it work if they really are all bearing fruit and they're all wonderful things. If not, then you need to take a step back and say which ones are truly beneficial, which activities are, you know, definitely helping my family um, live out our purpose, and which activities are honorable to God, and which activities are, you know, would God approve of? What things are we really bearing fruit? You know, my daughter absolutely loves to sing on the worship team at church, it's and half an hour away to drive her to practice during the week. And then we have to stay there while she practices. And then that means going separately on Sunday to church, but she loves it so much. And how can I say, no, you can't, you know, Worship, you can't be on the worship team, so that's something that we have to like sort of be like, okay, it's hard to do, but we fit it in, so we compromise and say not every single week, but you can do it twice a month, so there are ways to work, um but do not be busy just to try to keep up with what everybody else is doing. Don't keep up with the Joneses, keep up with God, pray about the activities you're doing, pray about what he says. Uh, is good and fruitful for your family. And just choose those things. Um, Hey, you want to keep it real? Here's another one. Have cereal for dinner sometimes. Hey, we don't need to have a Pinterest perfect uh, meal every night. Our kids just want to eat. They don't care, right? So sometimes it's okay if you've had a busy day to say, everybody's on their own and we're just having a cereal for dinner night. Um, That's okay. And we could admit to that and say, guess what? We didn't have, you know some uh, fancy, you know, Pinterest meal last night or whatever it was. It's okay to sometimes just have a simple dinner. That's fine. It could be cereal. It could be pancakes. So, you know, try to just keep things simple that way. Um, I'm just going to do, let's see. I'm just going to do two more on my list here. The next one I'm going to talk about is stop working on the homeschool room. Okay, If we want to keep it real. Let's stop worrying about what the homeschool room looks like. Now, I'm not saying it's not okay like to have a space designated for school. And it's not okay to be organized and to have things look nice. And that's fine. But I'm saying the focus. Let's stop making it the focus. Like I can't be successful until the room is set up baloney. You can be successful in your homeschool. I would believe if you were homeless, you could be successful homeschooling because you can teach your children anywhere, anytime, if God is in control and God is helping you to teach those children. Now, that's a little bit extreme, what I just said, but it's true, right? God will work. Let's not confine him to the four walls of a homeschool room in our house. Where did we get this idea that like the homeschool room that is perfect must mean we will be successful? Because there are many years I had that homeschool room down pat. I had everything organized. We had a whole room designated just for school that I would say were not our most successful years, actually. Right now, we don't have a homeschool room at all. We have a uh, big, huge closet where we store all of our homeschool stuff. But homeschooling takes place mostly at our kitchen table in the living room. And upstairs, my daughter does her work in her room. It's all over the place right now. A lot of days our homeschool takes place outside. Um, I do not want to confine God and say, he can only work if I have this homeschool room set up just so, and it has to look like a classroom and everything has to match. It does not. That is so focused on how things look. Now, I'm not saying, because I know I'm going to get the emails that say, but I like how my homeschool room looks and this brings us enjoyment. Then that's fine. Then again, I'm not talking to you. (laughs) I'm talking to the the one mom out there who's saying, I can't be successful unless everything looks okay. Okay. Cause I know I was there too. I'm saying I was there years ago where I thought like, if we have everything organized just so, then that means we're going to be successful. Success comes from your heart and from where you are with your walk with God. And if you're teaching your children about him, then you're on the road to success. It doesn't, um, base on what things look like. And There was a year where my husband didn't have a job. So forget trying to make our homeschool room look perfect. I had no money to buy extra decorations or fancy little um, baskets to store things in. I had no money to focus on how any of that looked. And guess what? That was probably the best year we have ever had in our homeschool because i wasn't able to focus on any of that distraction i wasn't able to you know be focused on trying to um i got to run to the store and i got to buy some new maps and i have to buy books and i have to buy this and i i didn't have any money to do that my sole focus was on the bible and my kids that year and that was the year we used the bible as our main textbook and we had hardly any extras. And I'm telling you, we learned more that year, I think, than any other year. It was amazing. it's just amazing. So, you know, God cares in the end what our children's hearts look like and not what the homeschool room looks like. So I just went over some of those um, ways to keep it real from my book, Real Homeschool, Letting Go of the Pinterest Perfect and Instagram, Ideal Homeschool and there's several more on the list but just some ways that every day we can stop trying to live up to the world's standards and focus on God and his standards and uh Romans 12:2 is really our our verse this year for our school and it was this verse that I um really base this book on but it's do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will God's word is the most important thing in our homeschool in our life that we can equip ourselves with that is where transformation of our mind takes Place. And when you have that transformed mind, that is when you will be thinking about godly things and not earthly things. And that is when your focus will be where it needs to be for success in your homeschool. And again, that's what I believe. So... You don't have to listen to me. As I always say, you can listen to God. This is just me, you know, the things that I feel that, um, God is teaching me, but I encourage you to search his word and to, uh. Uh, pray and to get close to him and see um, for yourself where God is leading you. So thank you again for listening to the podcast. And um, you can find out more about my book, Real Homeschool, Letting Go of the Pinterest Perfect and Instagram, Ideal Homeschool. Um, You can find it in hardcover, uh, I'm sorry, not hardcover, paperback and Kindle uh, at amazon.com. You can also find my other books there called Home, Finding Joy and Letting God Lead Your Homeschool. And simply homeschool. Um, they're all available on Amazon.com. You can look me up at Bible-based homeschooling and simply living for Him. And I love um, when you guys come on the Facebook pages and let me know what you thought of the podcast, and or you know any other ideas or thoughts you want to share. Let's keep the conversation going over there. This spring, I will be speaking at all three Teach Them Diligently conventions. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I just love speaking and meeting all the families. It's so much fun. I also am available for any other conventions. If you have a local homeschool group or um, an event in your area, feel free to email me at karen at simplylivingforhim.com. I would love to chat more about coming to your group. I'm also looking to do some Simply Living for Him unplugged retreats. I'm trying to think about doing one in my area somehow, whether it be one day or an overnight, where we can truly unplug from the world and uh, focus on how we can simplify our lives and focus on God and just experience really good fellowship together in a very relaxed, casual and undistracted (laughs) setting so pray with me on that and if you are interested in having me come to your group to do one of those retreats I'd love to talk more with you about it again I am Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him and I wish you blessings and joy